Hi there, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli. You are listening to Mission Audition. We are all remote. No one is in the regular Voices.com office right now. It is COVID-19. I'm sure you all know that. Uh, but today I'm recording with Toby Ricketts. Toby is in New Zealand. I don't know what time it is there, but I'm sure it's not dinner. What time is it, Toby? It's first thing in the morning, actually. The sun's just coming up. It's lovely and oh, misty. Oh, that's glorious. It's, it's all misty. Like, you're just the, thinking, yeah, it's beautiful. Lovely. Yes. So, so Toby and I are here, and we're just going to talk today about remote um, directed recording sessions. So mm. a lot of people have you know, participate in these, they don't necessarily know what, um, you know, other options there are for doing a remote session. But before we get too much into that, I'd just like to introduce Toby again to you. I know he's got a wonderful voice. You've just heard him. And if you tune into our show, you know that Toby has already been on Mission Audition. He did an excellent episode with us that was about accents. So be sure to go back and listen to that. That Toby lives in New Zealand. Uh, you know, some of your clients, Toby, have been Spotify, Microsoft, Samsung, Walmart, Google. There's Nat Geo, which I think a lot of us are probably at home watching some streaming service <laughs> and have likely come across your work in the last little while. Um, but you also coach, which is so cool. And um, you've been with us for 10 years at Voices.com almost, like in October. That is fantastic. My goodness, Toby. Mm. Well, that is, that's amazing. And let alone that, but you're, an internationally award-winning talent. So uh, welcome again to the show, Toby, Fantastic. and we're so glad to have you here. Cool. Nice to be here. Thank you. Which accent would you like me to use today? <laughs> oh my gosh, so much fun. So many things to choose from. Um, well, you do specialize in New Zealand, Australian. I know there's a British accent in the American. I think we'll just stick with your, your yeah, normal Kiwi normal today. <laughs> okay, fair yeah, enough. I think that would be so much, your normal one, yeah, <laughs> whichever normal one. What that means, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I know that you also have an accent, and I'll just hearken back to it before we, we jump right into our main topic, that is like the accent from nowhere. Um, so that maybe for a, a future time, we can yeah. talk about just that particular one. But sure. today... Um, I think because you have just so much experience in this whole directed session avenue, mm. um, being where you are, mm. being so remote, as I had mentioned a bit earlier, um, you actually, like, you know, not much has changed for you, as you had said to me just yep. before we started about your process. But uh, that being the case, so much has changed for so many people who mm. are listening to this right now, exactly. right? Yeah. And so um, I would just love it, Toby, if you could walk us through the basic basics of a live directed session and just also share with us like the differences between you know having one of those or not having one so exactly. um, yep. if you don't mind maybe just give us a, a little bit of a glimpse into why we would even need to have one of these sessions and what they are sure absolutely so a live directed session is basically where you have a, the, the client or the decision maker who's actually listening in on the line and they can provide um, as it says live directed um, feedback so so that um, if you say something slightly wrong or they want a slightly different inflection, then they can ask for that in the session. There are pros and cons to having this, um, to doing a live directed session. Um, the pros being that it can actually take less time as a talent because you, you're getting sign off as you go along. If you do the recordings on your own, often you're doing three takes and they're choosing the best ones and you're having to edit three takes. But whereas if you're in the actual session itself, then uh, you can get them to sign it off um, as you go. Uh, this is uh, particularly the case for very technical reads or quite long reads, um, because if there's any sort of curly words that the, the client has in there, then they're going to be able to tell you exactly how to read those. Um, you also build up client rapport 
that's another really good um, you know pro of this is that you get to meet your client and talk to them about what the weather is and you know how it's all going with them, which is really good for future work as well because you know you get to sort of sense to each other. Whereas if it's just email, it's kind of cold. Um, you also get a, a rapport with if it's being conducted at a studio on the client end, you get to meet the studio engineer often and build a rapport with them. Um, and they are sometimes the guys that are actually you know they know all the voices and they are, sometimes the clients ask them you know who should I use for this. So it's good to build up a, a good um, relationship with an engineer. And also another pro is that um, depending on what software you use and how you've got it with your client, no editing is necessary um, sometimes. Like you can just send them the whole session and they're like, we'll take the takes. So that's, that, that, those are some of the pros for doing a, uh, a connected session. Some of the cons, though, um, is that uh, you do have to be nailed down to like a time and a place. So um, it's it's lovely having gigs where you're like, oh, I've got three voiceover jobs today. What shall I do? I'll go and mow the lawns, and then I'll do this, and then I'll do my voice, you know, my voice jobs. This means you are nailed down to a time and place, which can be a good thing as well because you know it's kind of like a bit of discipline. There are also time zones involved. Um, I had definitely have been known to have to stay up till like two in the morning to do specific sessions when the client can't do any other time. It's a really big gig, and I'm in New Zealand, so it's basically the opposite of everywhere else in the world. Um, so that can be a bit of a struggle. Um, there's social interaction. I don't know if you, you know, we're used to being in this controlled little bubble um, of our own studios where we have a very controlled environment. And this does add this kind of extra social dimension, which works great for some people. Some people love the the, the, the ability to reach out, but some people not so much. Um, and especially for us in the creative field, it can really bring up this performance anxiety. You know, if you, if you, especially if you're a beginner and doing your first directed session, the feeling that you have to nail it in the first take is overwhelming and makes you nervous, which makes it less likely that you're going to nail it in the first take. So it does bring up this kind of performance anxiety stuff. But the good news is that the more you do it, like with anything, the easier it gets. Well, that's wonderful. I, there are so many different factors, and you touched on a couple of them that I really, really do want to hit on mm. as we are going through. Um, the first stop, though, Toby, will be on the technical side, if you mm. don't mind. Sure. So um, there are so many different ways and tools that people are using to connect these days. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I know that Zoom in particular has had a massive user adoption yeah, increase, exactly. um, given everything that's been going on. Mm. But if you could walk through some of these technologies, um, your preferences and pros and cons, sure. uh, as a voice artist using them, yeah. um, then, you know, how would you uh, describe these technologies and, and how you use them, but also uh, why and when you yeah. might use certain ones? Absolutely. Okay, that's fair enough. So I'll start um, at the kind of the most basic and the most familiar with it, uh, of ones and probably the lowest quality, and then we'll sort of go up to the professional tools from there, if you like. So we're all very familiar with phone calls. Everyone's made phone calls all the time. Um, and this has been around for a long time. I mean, I remember where I started in the radio in the 90s. And, you know, there was that little box that sat in the in the uh, the sound rack there called a phone patch. And it was actually quite difficult back then to get like a phone signal into a mixing desk in the right way. So it's, it's been around for a long time. And it's literally just plugging a phone into your audio gear so that you can hear them, they can hear you, and you can record them, etc. But now it's a lot easier um, with um, phone patches because um, you can use things like Skype, which are all inside your computer anyway. So the phone call, I mean, I, I definitely use... You can actually just use your cell phone on speaker if you like, and you can just mute them when um, when it's your turn to do the speaking, and so they don't get on your microphone. 
Um, and um, I use Skype to make a Skype out call um, so that my microphone that I'm using um, to speak on this podcast here is actually it's going straight into the box and that's being sent to them. So you don't need one of those phone patch units like you used to um, back in the 90s. Um, so the phone call is the most basic. It's super easy to do. You usually dial into a conference line. Um, so you can have sort of up to six or eight people sometimes on this conference line. This can get challenging in terms of like hearing direction and someone goes, does anyone have anything else to say? And like eight people will start talking at once. Um, <laughs> the, 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 so the pros are that it's easy. The cons are that it's quite low quality. It's, it's quite difficult for the client to hear sort of what is actually going on. There's no way they're going to be able to record you at the other end um, to actually do the recording there. So you have to record on your side. That's the key thing with these low, low tech technologies is that you record on your end and then you, your voice is just there for them to make sure all the words are in the right, the right way. So phone and Skype, I kind of put on the same level. Skype's a bit better. You've got a bit of FaceTime. Um, you've got um, the slightly better audio quality. But like as everyone knows with Skype, there's delays and there's bits where people freeze and you get dropouts and all kinds of things. So quite often in the Skype sessions, you'll have the client saying, oh, did, you just missed a word in there. And you'll be like, well, I didn't. It was just dropping out. You know, So so there's this thing of, you know, it's a bit of a disconnect, um, the time shifted, which you don't get with phone, actually. So phone is good in that regard. Um, so we'll move up the, up the ladder to Zoom. I, I put Zoom sort of above Skype. There are fewer dropouts. The latency is a bit better. Um, and um, it, again, it's super easy to use. It's a little bit harder, I suppose. Like people are a bit more familiar with Skype on phone. Um, so Skype, you do have to download an app. But once you get into it, it's actually very easy. It's like I say, it's better quality and there's fewer dropouts. Next, we get into like a whole new tier of products, um, which came along with um, the Chrome browser made an interesting extension to their product where they, they incorporated all these communication tools. And um, quite a few um, people hopped onto this and, and started making like live broadcast quality voice apps. And one of these is called Source Connect Now. Now, it's not to be confused with Source Connect Standard, which has been a professional tool for a number of years, um, over 10 years, I think. So Source Connect Now is like an offering that they had recently where you can just use a browser. You go on, and if your microphone's plugged into the computer, you select your the, the mic from the, the drop-down list of audio devices, and then you can send this broadcast quality audio to anyone who you send the link to. And they can all they need is the Chrome browser and headphones, and then they can listen to you in broadcast quality, and you can talk backwards and forwards. So the benefit of this is it's great quality. Um, it's free, which is um, pretty amazing, and um, it's got relatively low latency as well compared to sort of Skype or Zoom. So latency is basically the, the delay between your voice um, going into the microphone and then it reaching the other end. So um, if it's you know two seconds, then that's when you get you know crossover and people starting com um, starting sentences um, um, at the same time and all that kind of stuff. So the latency is much better with uh, Source Connect now. Um, and some studios are able to sort of port it into their um, into their mixing desks, but most really professional studios will insist on a different version of Source Connect, um, which is Source Connect Standard, um, which I will go into now. So Source Connect Standard is the first of the kind of professional level voiceover tools. So if you're a working voiceover artist, um, it is definitely worth getting on the bandwagon of these, especially in times like COVID. Um, because, you know, studios, a lot of people are now working from home. Um, and you basically have to be working from home in order to be a voiceover under these current circumstances. But it also means that if you're in a remote location, like I am um, in my little booth here in New Zealand, 
it's literally like I can turn on Source Connect, connect to a studio, and it's like I'm in their booth. Like they're so low latency and the quality is so good, and it's going right into their mixing desk. So it even comes up in a channel in their mixing desk that it is just like you know someone's talking in the booth, but there's actually no one in there. So that was the idea behind these these professional tools: is that you could have a, a, a cable via the internet that made it sound like you're you're in a studio booth somewhere. So it is the industry standard, the um, Source Connect standard, um, broadcast quality. It means that they can record on their end and you don't necessarily have to record in your studio as well although I usually do just as a backup um, the technology's got to such a point now where if there is a dropout for some reason over the internet then their version of Source Connect can ask for the missing pieces from your Source Connect and so there's actually no breakup in in, in um, it's called find and uh, uh, find and replace I think or queue and replace and um, yeah so that technology's come quite a long way the the cons of that is that there is a cost um, to uh, Source Connect Standard, but they do I think they do monthly plans and they do free trials and all that kind of stuff. So you can head to their website to look it up. Um, there is a technical setup involved. Um, sometimes it doesn't work on all networks because unlike the other things, um, it doesn't sort of use the normal internet and just sort of sit on top of your normal browser. It has actually its own program and kind of tunnels its own little portal, if you like, through the in- internet um, in a standalone um, app that sits on your desktop. Um, it, it can also be used as a, a plugin um, inside your digital audio workstation or door. So you can actually load it into a track, um, and then so you can send it or receive it um, right inside your um, your DAW. So that's that's why most of these major studios use it, is because it's like having a piece of gear in their studio. Um, you need good internet for this as well, two megabits minimum. Um, which most people have these days, but um, when I had a two megabit connection out here in the Wapwaps before I upgraded, it was a bit touch and go sometimes with the sessions, and you'd sometimes lose them for a bit, and they'd come back, and it was yeah a little bit of a white knuckle ride for everyone. Um, oh my goodness! So yeah, so that's the sort of the, the the professional tools. There's also very similar ones called IPDTL, which um, stands for um, Internet Protocol Down the Line, which was an ISDN replacement tool, which these all are really. Um, and SessionLink Pro is a German um, company that has a similar offering to um, to Source Connect um, standard. And then there's tools like Source Connect Pro, which voiceover actors. I don't really need because they they all the tools in Source Connect Pro are really for studios. Like so, the studio buys the big package, and then the voiceover artists just have to buy the little one that connects to that sort of the big package, if you like. So yeah, that's a bit of a roundup of uh, all the tools available. Wow, yeah. I hope people were writing that down. Um, if you weren't, then make sure you go back and just listen to all of these amazing tools that Toby's mentioned. Um, I really did appreciate hearing the difference between the various ways of using Source Connect. Mm. I had no idea that you could have, um, you know, little, I guess, bits and pieces of sessions put together on various mm. ends, depending on you know what you needed to patch up. Yep. That's that's really cool. It's also worth noting as well if you need to do. Um, dialogue replacement um, that Source Connect, like they can link Pro Tools sessions basically so that, um, so that, again, like you're in the booth, you're actually watching the video that you are doing voiceovers for in real time as well. So it's video locked and transport locked with, um, with another Pro Tools session. So it's like one Pro Tools session that's working in two different countries, which is quite amazing. So we've been talking about these technologies and, and you've worked your way, Toby, from like the least expensive, lowest quality versions mm. all the way up to, um, you know, the Source Connects and, and IPDTL. And for some people, the top of this list absolutely has to be ISDN. Mm. Like anyone who is familiar with ISDN is probably like, yes, you know, this is this is the tool that Don LaFontaine made, um, you know, possible for people to have home studios working 
from home. It wasn't possible before ISDN was available. They would go from studio to studio, wasting several hours in the car every day. Mm. Um, you know, but so could you talk about ISDN, um, kind of what it is, uh, how important it was? And obviously it's, it's spurred on other technologies, but, mm. uh, you know, just where it is now in, in the echelon of uh, technology for voiceovers. Absolutely. So ISDN stands for Integrated Services Digital Network, um, funnily enough. And it is a, it's a technology that was developed sort of before digital technology and computers and the internet could link everything together. So um, it's, uh, it's basically used to encode voice and send it down a dedicated phone line. So you'd have like this box that would squish your, your broadcast quality audio into a digital signal, a compressed digital signal, and then send it down a single phone line, like a single copper pair, right to the other end where they'd have another box that would decode it into broadcast quality sound. Um, so obviously we know the phone systems, um, they, they restrict the, the, the quality um, of the voice call so they can get as many voice calls through as possible. Like they only want you to be able to talk to each other. But this ISDN line gave you this broadcast quality option. It has obviously been made um, fairly redundant um, by these new technologies that use the internet to do exactly the same thing. Um, because the thing with ISDN was you did need a dedicated phone line. It didn't run like along your phone line like DSL connections do. This actually needed its own line and it actually needed a special route through the uh, through the um, exchange, I think, as well, which is why they charge you like two, three hundred dollars a month just to have one of these lines. And then you use the installation cost of getting a second phone line it, and the decoders at each end. Like it was a real like you needed to be a top flight Don LaFontaine level voice artist to even consider putting this in because you know um, it was only for the really big gigs and uh, and there. So if anyone requests an ISDN session these days. It still does happen. There are still some people that, that have invested in this technology and want to keep using it as long as they, poss uh, they can. There are things called an ISDN bridging service, which is where you can use Source Connect now sometimes. You can use the free version of Source Connect or you can use um, Source Connect standard and connect to a, an ISDN box in a kind of a server and that will connect the ISDN with the studio. So you can actually... You use ISDN, but just do a Google search for ISDN bridging service because there's quite a few places that uh, that offer that. Um, but I wouldn't be running out and buying any ISDN um, actual hardware at this point because it's definitely a vestigial technology that's had its day. And I think they're actually uh, removing support in a lot of countries for ISDN lines. They're actually stopping supporting them uh, next year, I think. So it really has reached the end of its life. Yeah, well, because when we say like Don LaFontaine helping people to basically have home recording studios because of this, uh, we're talking the 1980s. Mm, so mm. right now it's 2020, mm, right? Yep, and so years. when we think about, whoa, that's a long time in mm. technology land. That's like, you know, 40 years, 40 yeah. years right? <laughs> yeah. um, so when you think about just how long actually the ISDN technology did reign, though, it mm. had a, a really good run. And yeah. people were still installing them up till probably, I don't know, as a you don't really question it maybe maybe 10 years ago, yeah, people were yeah, like, yeah, still yeah. need ISDN. It's, it's absolutely crucial. Mm, maybe mm, five years ago, mm. there was a lot of questioning of, do we really need this? Because now there's a source connect or there's, you know, yeah. um, all these different options started to, to come along. Mm. So um, thank you for taking us on a tour of what ISDN was. And, and cool. certainly there are people who have, if you have an ISDN line, I want you commenting on this blog post. <laughs> I mean, you like tweet at us or something with the hashtag. I love Mission my ISDN. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, who knows? Revive Bible. Like, you could have a whole ICN party online. So, um, so some questions to follow up sure. on this, I guess, is are you finding that there are certain kinds of 
companies that you work with or, or types of clients who prefer certain tools? And, mm. and what might those tools be? Absolutely. So I really do split these into two different categories. So there's the, there's the ones below sort of the Source Connect standard. So things like Source Connect Now, Zoom, Skype, Phone, they're all the free ones, basically. Um, most clients, um, especially the sort of self-service and day-to-day clients, will, um, will, will be absolutely happy with this. And, you know, it's good to familiarize yourself in all of these because it's your job to be the professional and know how to use these tools. Um, and your client will probably only use one of them. So they'll have chosen, say, Zoom instead of Skype or whatever. So it's good to get Zoom and get familiar with it and how it works with your audio gear. And Source Connect Now as well. You can start offering that to your clients as a better solution than, say, Zoom or Skype. Um, but the other side of the coin like, is, is when you're starting to do those bigger jobs, which is like a national campaign or a TV advert, where it is, it's, it's not someone doing it in a kind of a, like maybe internally in a small company, but they've gone to a video production company who's getting audio post-production done at a big studio and the budgets are quite high, um, is that they will require Source Connect standard. And this is usually very clearly written in the jobs themselves um, on Voices.com, um, where it says, you know, Source Connect required. Now, and, and many talent think, oh, well, I've got, I've got Source Connect now, I can just do that. No, they don't. They absolutely do not, do not connect with each other at all. Um, so you do definitely need to investigate Source Connect standard. Um, and they say as well, like you can you can download this the, the the product. You can try it for 14 days and connect with even other voice artists, or you can connect with me if you like on there, um, just to check that it's all working. And then you can p- buy it in a kind of a weekly basis. So you can go on and just like hire it for just get it for one session, which I think costs $25 or something, just off the top of my head. So it, you can kind of add it to, to as a cost of doing that that particular job. So it's not something you have to necessarily invest in a huge amount of technology for. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, a lot of these tools are free, or they do come, you know, with uh, your phone, like mm. a FaceTime call, for instance, or a Google Hangout if you're a G Suite user. Mm. Uh, a lot of these are accessible tools. Absolutely. Obviously, you've broken these up into two different areas. There's going to be your more professional, probably agencies, production houses, and so on, are mm. using the um, Source Connect or or some other variation of that. Uh, just just an assumption on my part, but I highly doubt anyone is installing ISDN lines right now like for many reasons they're not doing it because they just don't do it anymore (laughs) in a lot of cases but like it would be next to impossible probably to install something in something's house when you've got you know physical distancing and social distancing going on But uh, the beauty, I guess, of these um, live directed remote sessions versus mm. being in person with people is is that you can do them from anywhere, as mm. you said, at any time, mm. um, any time of day, yeah, <laughs> you know. Exactly. Right? Or night. And so, <laughs> yeah, and and it's just so funny. Like I'm just thinking, like how your environment not only affects the audio quality that you can produce, but now because of this whole, you know, it's a live directed session, and people will have the option to either see you or not see you, mm. like you know. And they're going to want to see you probably because mm. why wouldn't you? This is now available, <laughs> mm. right? I mean, there are many reasons why you don't want to necessarily mm. go on camera as a voice actor. Um, but just like, you know, how can someone wrap around all of that? You know, I've got to get my environment looking decent. Mm. I have to run this session or at least I join someone else's if they set it up. And now I've got to choose how I come across um, physically to somebody when I'm really just used to them hearing my voice. Mm. I'd, I'd actually say at the very start that you, there's no pressure. I've never felt any pressure that I have to have a camera, that they have to see me at all. Like I, I feel like it's a nice to have for them. Um, and 
but I, I, I don't think it's, uh, it's, it's required at all. I mean, Source Connect doesn't carry video for a start, and Source Connect now doesn't. Um, these other technologies, it's very easy to just unplug your camera or just put something over it so it's just a black screen or something like that. And I don't think anyone will be necessarily judged for that. Like, I've, I've definitely never felt pressure to have video. But it's nice to be able to see your clients and have a face-to-face because that builds the rapport. So it's nice if you can do it. But I wouldn't lose any sleep over how you look or how your, your space looks at all. Um, Probably the more important thing is to try and is to try and make yourself as comfortable as possible um, when you're doing live sessions. The the thought that um, you know yeah like you say like your you know two year old could come and bang on the door with pots and pans is uh, <laughs> is probably that anxiety uh, it's is, is is overwhelming. You know what if it starts raining or a car goes past or a plane flies over they're going to hear and you'll get this imposter syndrome. You know which all of us creatives kind of um, kind of feel at one point or another to varying degrees, which is part of being a creative is part of like. I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be doing this. But it's important to like get over that because you are meant to be there because they hired you for this job and you are doing an ab- absolutely amazing job. And you know, as you are, so the the fewer things that you can you can assure to go wrong. So maybe you can you know get your partner to take your two year old for a walk or something, and uh, and and maybe have some standby soundproofing, um, like just in the wings in case uh, there's a loud noise or something. I've, I've I always keep a few baffles just outside my door because if it does start raining really heavily, I've realised that the noise level increases, and if the studio hears that and goes, oh, the noise level just went up, then I can quickly grab those and just build like a cave within my sound cave, and that usually um that usually kind of you know um solves the problem. So yeah, it's getting rid of those things that cause anxiety. Um, but it's not like a regular Zoom meeting necessarily because they've hired you for your voice. So they're not hiring you for anything else. You've just got to give a good performance. If you focus on giving that good performance, then I think you know you'll have low anxiety and you'll nail the gig. I think we need to write an article about that on the blog. <laughs> so many people would be delighted um, to hear you say that because I think that there is a ton of anxiety, um, mm-hmm. you know, for voice actors, you know, even from the debate of should I have a headshot? Should I not have a headshot? Mm-hmm. Should I, you know, like just going into that. And that was a pre-existing issue from decades ago of yeah. people trying to figure out how do I want to be seen and perceived? Mm. Uh, and I don't want to limit myself. Mm. You know, I can be mm. a chameleon with my voice. So uh, why would COVID-19 or any other circumstance that warrants, you know, this sort of different work arrangement? Mm. Because now the whole world is having to figure out how they connect better. Mm. Um, mm. You know, that doesn't mean that you have to be on camera. So I think that is a huge comfort. So thank you for talking through cool. that with me. And I love what you said, Toby, about needing to like basically brief your family. Mm. You know, like, okay, look, I've got this session. Um, it's going to be at this time. Mm. I can't have any interruptions. You know, like, I know we've all seen that video from over a year ago of, of the fellow in the BBC interview, or there was yeah. a, a British interview, and like his kids come walking in, they're having the yeah. best time, <laughs> and it's, and everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? This is like, you know, it's the end of the world. These children have come in. It's like, no, this is like normal. You know, everyone's that guy now, right? Exactly. There's yeah. a lot going on that I think that our industry um, is is just we are just so well positioned mm. mm-hmm. in this time. But it's like it in some ways for those who have already been in the mix of doing voiceover for so long, this is, as you say, not much has changed. Mm. You're usually working from home. So there's some comfort in that because it's routine. It's just that now all of a sudden everyone is doing (laughs) this and including your clients and and they're just, uh, you know, going to be there. And so to understand on the flip side that the talent may have someone walk in and kind of be like, oh, mom, I need this. And, <laughs> um, but the client 
may very well have exactly. the same thing happen to them. Yeah, so yeah. have you experienced anything like that where, you know, life has basically started happening in the midst of a recording session that you've been part of where the client's like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, Toby. <laughs> like, I, I told them not to come in. Like, <laughs> has there been anything where you've just been like, yeah, yeah, I can see how, how they're trying to cope with this too. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's, it's actually kind of, um, I, I know it's the same with Zoom corporate meetings. It's kind of nice that the curtains drop now a little bit and you can realize that your clients are actually just human beings as well. And I think you connect on a different level with people, you know, because you're both sharing in this this kind of like the, the hardship of children walking in the background of your Zoom calls, you know, <laughs> like so everyone has realized that everyone, we're actually all just human. So it's um, when that stuff does happen. Um, and I have, yeah, I have had children walk in the background of like when I'm doing a big video voiceover or something. And it's, it's, um, it, it's fine because everyone just has a laugh about it and goes, oh, yeah. I'm a kid, you know, and you talk about your kids. Suddenly, it like opens this door into kind of like knowing these people as real people. And those are the clients actually that I feel I feel a lot closer to, and I've done you know subsequent work with. So I think it actually can be an opportunity in, in that sense. Awesome. Okay. So typically in a directed session, and this is around that's just the what to expect. Mm. But the client's in charge, right? Like the client is telling you, "I would like you to read now." You know, we want to do this, but are there times where, let's say, um, the client is like, "I don't normally do directed sessions mm. because this is new to me." Mm-hmm. Um, how can you, as the voice artist, step in to either help them get through one of these sessions or to uh, possibly, I don't want to say take control of the conversation, mm-hmm. but at least be able to keep the the session on track? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because you do come across a huge, like a, a huge spectrum of, of, of skill levels because it really does take skill to run a voice session efficiently and to direct a talent. And most people think it's easy to direct a talent. You could just tell them what you want. Um, but it's so not the case because you'll get the best out of talent when you, um, well, I'll, I'll go through the, the, the whole list if you like. So, I mean, first off, um, Sometimes you're in a room, especially in the big sort of high level agency situation where you've got maybe eight people in the room, you know, you've got a creative director and you've maybe got some creative writers or something. You've got a, a client, um, the account manager's probably with the client as well. You've got an engineer, sometimes a, a backup engineer. So there can be like this really big full room. Really, there should be someone who who steps forward and takes control. It's usually the creative director or the creative or the director of the commercial if, if, if they're, they're, they've kind of, they haven't got any creatives and it's just the director who's in, responsible for it. And really it should, they should discuss amongst themselves and then one person should give you um, you know the direction that you should be taking. Um, if it does start coming from lots of different people, especially if there's different client stakeholders in the room, that can get quite challenging um, because sometimes the uh, the direction will uh, will sort of cancel out as well, or it'll be, it'll be different, which is not necessarily a bad thing because you know um, lots of people think you know you you either do a voiceover right or you do it wrong, and they tell you how to do it. That's not the case necessarily, especially in live directed sessions. They're exploring options often, so they'll say do this, and so you'll do it, and they'll say oh it doesn't quite work. Okay, we'll do something else, and it's not that you're getting the read wrong, and people often misinterpret this that you're actually like oh I failed, I didn't get it in one take, and it's like no, this is that's not what this is about. You are the sounding board for their ideas, and often, uh, especially in in those big uh, high, those big situations, they'll have a script, but they they and they'll have something in their head, but they just want to try out um, you know some ideas. So they're like, let's try it happy, let's try it sort of somber, let's try doing these different inflections, and they'll be very subtle sometimes. So there's whenever you're given direction, it's not that you're failing; it's just that they're trying something else out, and there might be something better you know in there. So that's something to really um, to, to keep in mind. Um, in terms of like, um, if a client gets kind of difficult, and by difficult I mean what they're saying you kind of disagree with, 
which is fine because you can disagree with them and still do the work. You know, that's fine. Um, if they want to start giving you line readings is is, is really tricky because, um, and I, I had a client the other day that, that sort of was like, you know, I'll just read the whole script for you and you listen and then you can do it like that. And I was like, that's that's not going to be helpful. And I'll tell you why. Um, because, you know, you're doing so many things with your voice that you don't even realize you're doing. And I'm going to copy those as well. And so suddenly I'll be doing an impression of you doing an impression of me reading the script and, and then all bets are off and like no one knows what's going on. So the best thing that I usually say to, to when, when people are having trouble directing is, you know, instead of telling me what I'm doing wrong and how to do it right, tell me the concept you want to achieve and I'll figure out how to do that as a voiceover artist. Because tell me why I'm not, I'm not meeting the concept that you're after rather than the specifics of the things you're trying to change. And I've found that works a lot better in terms of you both, you, you're both you're like doing your own job then, you know, you're, you're not trying to direct how the commercials should sound and they're not telling you how to be a voiceover, but instead they're telling you what they'd like the commercial to sound like and you're saying, well, I can offer this as a voiceover artist to help you achieve that. So that's a lot better way to, to make that work. So you were saying, and I absolutely agree, is that everyone should be doing their own job. You know, <laughs> you shouldn't be trying to be um, something you're not or yeah. doing something that you, you weren't asked to do. Mm. Um, but how appropriate is it for a talent to offer a suggestion to a client? Mm. Because uh, that's that's kind of like eggshell territory. I don't know totally. if anyone wants to tippy-toe on that. Um, but, you know, is there ever a good time for a voice artist to to suggest something? I think there is. I think I think definitely, um, you know, with with different writers, like some people write more for the page than for the ear, as in, you know, they, they write words. And it can sound, when, you, when you're actually the one reading it, it can sound better another way. Or maybe, you know, they want this really natural way of speaking, but how they've written it is not natural for you to speak. And so you can definitely, you know, don't criticize the creative and say, well, this who wrote this piece of rubbish, for example. Um, but just say, you know, like, have you know, it, could I just put this word in here just and just sound it out and see if it sounds better? You know, just just offer it as a kind of a here's an idea rather than a this is what you should do, obviously, um, because, you know, they've they've spent time on the script. And if the creatives in the room, it can get it quite awkward. But yeah, I mean, like when they're giving you direction, they're not saying you're not saying they're not saying that's wrong. Do it my way. They're, they're saying, let's try this. And I think as a voiceover artist, you can do the same and say, um, you know, I'd like to try it this way just to feel more natural if I do that. Um, so it, it does like happen quite often where you get over the pleasantries and everyone says, right, we're all here. OK, right. OK. And um, you know, and there's just silence. And you're just like, well, what's going to happen? Like, So it's good to have like a like a practice, like a plan B in case there isn't a creative director and the client's just waiting for you to perform. And they don't they've never done the call before. They don't know if they ask you to do it or how it works. So come up with a way. And like I've got a game plan that I just execute. As soon as I detect that no one's in charge, I'll go, okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read, I'm going to give you one big full read through. You can give me all the feedback and then we'll do another big read through and then we can take it line by line or something like that. So, you know, it whatever works for you, um, you can come up with your own game plan. But often clients are so pleased to see it here that you've got a game plan. And it also shows that you're a consumer professional and you're used to doing this time and time again. And they're just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm just happy to be along for the ride. Like, you know, I'll just, yeah, <laughs> which is a good position yeah, to be well, in. Yeah, do what you do best, yeah, right? Exactly. Um, so what is the appropriate amount of awkward silence, Toby, um, <laughs> before someone decides to execute their plan? I guess you just, I, I, just, I, I just think play it by ear, you know? Um, off, off, offer, you know, you know, like, would, uh, would you like me to just give you a read through to start off with? You know, maybe you could, you could just start with that. You know, as soon as the the small that talk friendly. runs out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That sounds actually yeah. pretty friendly. Oh, would you like to hear, you know, just yeah, the first just like, read that yeah, I have? So I'll and... just give, just, just give you a preview, or even just offer to read the first paragraph, just to make sure you're on the same pace. 
or start it with yeah. you know like um you know you listen to my audition have you got any notes from that audition or would you just like me to 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 give you the same read as I did in that I'll give you a, a take to start with you know um another thing to that's important to stipulate in these sessions is it's it's nice etiquette for your client um, and whoever else is on the call to mute their microphones while while you're recording so if something like that does happen during the session like uh, something happens in their room or their kid comes in it doesn't affect your read like you know you say right well I'm going to read all the way through and you read all the way through and you can do it and you're completely in the character or you're completely in the zone in terms of reading a corporate script or something um, and that's just good etiquette from their point of view too so if they're not familiar with doing these sessions then it's good to just say um, you know it'd be great if you could just mute, mute your microphones uh, while I'm reading um, and unmute it if you want to if you want to if you want me to go back and redo anything just unmute and say it and I'll go back so you know and in the same way that you know someone wouldn't leave the studio door open while you were recording and and have a conversation you know Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, some of that etiquette coming in again, yeah, just exactly. like the usual, what would you normally do in this instance? Yeah. Um, so I just want to take it in a voices.com direction just for a sec. Sure. So sometimes people have um, live directed sessions that they'll have with clients that they booked work with through mm. voices. And are there any tips that you have for people to have a successful live direct with a voices client that would be different from how you would do just a you know a live direct with one of your own clients that you found from elsewhere. So I think the only uh, difference probably would be they've set up the, the the call and there's a conference line that you can call into um, and then so if there's anything that they need to discuss in terms of like payment or invoicing or stuff then you just say you know oh, you know the, the account manager can take care of that no problem or you know contactvoices.com support which is kind of nice and that you don't all you have to deal with on that call is the fact that you're doing the best job that you possibly can as a voice. There's there's no kind of logistical things you have to figure out about invoicing or, or, or how to send the files because they'll get the files through the platform once you upload it afterwards. So because Voices takes care of that, I think it's it's good that you can just focus on the performance. Yeah, I think so. And, and if you've already agreed to terms, hmm. like, you know, you're not going to renegotiate with people just on the fly and decide you're going to change something, especially if there was an actual agreement in place. So yeah. use the platform, um, make sure that you're doing everything, like whether it's the direct messaging that's mm-hmm. within the account or, or what have you. Well, I think I think I can offer something as well in, in that sense, in terms of like um, the two things, like in, in, in terms of that, you know, um, agreeing on the job terms is that make sure that they've awarded the job within the voices system before you hop on the call because then you've already agreed to the terms everyone's clear via the messaging system you know what what is being expected of both parties Um, and the other thing is don't talk about money on the call Um, like money should not be part of this conversation once you're at the stage where you are actually in the live directed session all the money should already be agreed and behind you so you know that's not the time to sort out any kind of things you have all this live directed session is about is getting the right read for the project. Exactly. Like your studio session or the live direct and all of that, that comes after the business has been discussed. Mm. Like like that is, you know, you're in agreement, you are, um, you know, you're, you're just being asked to be an artist. Like mm. you just put that hat on. Like that's who you're being paid to be right then and there. But it's also where your passion and your drive and you're getting into that script and you're pleasing, you know, the, the client and, and uh, meeting the needs of the audience. Mm. That's what you're supposed to get your headspace into. Mm, totally. You know, like this is, this is showtime this yeah. is not yeah. you know um try to figure out all the the other things and build a relationship as well if you can you know um talk to them about you know their day and, and what they do and stuff and no, not not for a long time obviously you know maybe it's been two two or three minutes getting to know them at the beginning and end of the session um and uh yeah and just uh, put the best foot forward and, and and service them the best way you can right and part of that toby 
is knowing what language they are speaking. <laughs> and by that, I mean jargon. Like, <laughs> You're right. Yeah, you know, there's yeah. a lot of terminology and yeah, language yeah, that yeah. people use. Um, what sort of things might somebody say that the talent will be assumed to know mm, during okay. a live direct, be right. it like, you know, you're in person with them or you are using a tool like what we've talked about? Okay, so um, some of the uh, terms might get a bit technical on some of this, but um, it, w when you're setting up the session, you might agree with the engineer about what sample rate you're going to be recording at, and that's in your audio hardware about what the kind of what what the file type is going to be, what the deliverables are expected, and at what sort of at what quality you're recording them, and what sample rate, etc. Because they might have standards around that kind of thing. Um, when you're actually in the ta in, in the session itself, um, you can expect to be uh, to hear about um, doing pickups on a certain line. It's fairly obvious what that means, but it basically means go up and just just do a little bit that might be wrong, or we're going to try something else. Um, so a pickup is when you go back and, and just redo a line, for example. Um, takes are obviously um, I'm going to talk about takes a little bit later and how to deal with um, with takes that might come out of the session. Um, talk back is a, t a studio term for when the engineer wants to talk to you and he might just push a button and come in your ears and then go off again. Um, and so uh, that's that's what talkback is. Um, feedback, obviously, is when you've got um, something going out of your microphone into your speakers and then, uh, sorry, <laughs> out of your speakers into your microphone and that repeats. And so you get this kind of loop or, or squealy kind of effect going, which is why um, I was going to mention everyone should be, where possible, be wearing headphones on all these calls because it really solves a lot of that feedback issue. I think that's pretty much it. They're usually fairly straightforward, and and uh, you know, unless it's a really sort of top level session, um, clients are very happy to you know sort of you know can you say oh can you, you know, what do you mean by that? Can you just you know they're just people mm -hmm. as well, so they're happy to explain usually. Yeah, and even like something like take it from the top, it means like start from the beginning, yeah, exactly. right? Like just yeah. little things that someone might not, like, especially if they've not come from a music background, mm -hmm. for instance. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people they the very simple things that we. think think we know sometimes we don't mm. so I just mm. wanted to make sure that I did touch on that I can take you through the sort of before during and after the session tips and tricks yeah. if you like because there's yes, quite a few things yes. which we haven't covered which will, which will come up in, in this Please do. So um, my tips for um, before the session and the etiquette is um, obviously getting the time right is sometimes harder than it sounds because you're dealing with time zones. I mean, I know in North America, you've got four different time zones to worry about. And then if you're working with Europe, um, and then if you're working in New Zealand, I've got to worry about days as well, because often I'm working yesterday in the States. So I'm actually a day in the future, which is kind of confusing. And there has been the odd time when I'd been sort of like walking around and suddenly my agent's going, they're in the session. Where are you? And it's been, it's the day, you know, I, I've, I've done the date calculation twice and it's actually put it, you know, two days ahead when it should be one, but that kind of thing. Um, so make sure you get your time zones right. There are great apps. Um, for example, um, I use Time Buddy, which is like, uh, like it converts all the times for you. Um, B, when you actually rock up to the session, um, you obviously have to be on time. That goes with that saying. Maybe even slightly early, but be ready. And I, by that, I mean don't log on to your computer and log on to the session and then open up your audio software and check your mic's working. That should all be done. You should spend half an hour before the session making sure everything's working perfectly. You've briefed your family. Maybe they're going out for a walk. You've got water, which is super important. You have to have water on your desk. Um, and just, just make yourself really comfortable because if you rock into a session with like two minutes to spare, you're going to be flustered. You're not going to be ready to give your greatest read. So give yourself some space, half an hour at least. Um, do a test with whatever of those technical mediums that um, we've been discussing. Um, do a test with, I don't know, a family member. 
just just call them and say, can you hear me okay? Is it clear? Like, can I hear you? Is that's great? Okay, you know, because you know, you can Zoom call them or Skype call them or whatever. If you're using Source Connect now, you can just send an email link to to one of your friends and just say, you know, can you hear me okay? Um, Source Connect standard offers an echo service, so you can connect to one of their servers, which will just it'll echo back whatever you say into the microphone after two seconds straight back to you, so you can hear how clear your audio is which is really useful. Um, and I, I do that every time before I go into a Source Connect Now session just to make sure that I'm going to be heard. And if it is a really big session with a new studio you're not used to working with, then um, organize for a time maybe an hour before, maybe probably a day before, um, just to make sure that your systems work together and that uh, that it's you know, you're both on the same page and it's going to work. Um, check your gear beforehand. Um, I had a one of my students got his first gig through Voices.com, and he did a live directed session the other day, which was fantastic. And, oh, um, amazing! And, and um, but the, but um, he he had some kind of weird problem with his gear, like a loose connection. And after the session, he realized that there was this clicking throughout the whole thing. And it was like, oh, no. Um, and so do lots of tests beforehand with exactly the same conditions. And it turned out it was something to do with like a loose connection on his headphones or something. So um, so he needed to go back and redo it, which was absolutely fine. Um, and then the client was fine with it. But it does pay to really check your gear beforehand and make sure everything is going perfectly because you don't want it going wrong in the session. Um, getting a copy of the script before the day um, is super useful. If you've um, done your agreement in Voices.com and they've awarded the job, then that will automatically happen. But sometimes it doesn't necessarily happen. Sometimes there's blank scripts that come through and they're like, they're still working on it, you know, with five minutes to go before the session, which is a bit unprofessional on their, their part. Sometimes you do have to do cold reads as part of the session. But often you can get it beforehand. But don't overread it. I think novice talents make the mistake of getting a script and reading it like 50 times out loud. And the trouble with that is, is that there is something about reading something for the first time, for the first take, that you don't get again in subsequent takes. It's like a sparkle and it gets worn down the more takes you do because you can become familiar with the words and they end up uh, they end up sounding um, contrived and kind of like, you know, you've thought about it too much. So I usually get the script... Just have a little glance over it, see what story they're trying to tell, pick out any words you like, that's a funny word, or that's a bit unfamiliar, and maybe just read that bit aloud. And then you can check pronunciations as well. When you first get into the session, if there's any curly words, you can say, oh, how do you say this word in the third line? Because it shows you're prepared. You know, it's um, it's uh, it's, it's it's good etiquette to be familiar with the stuff you're going to um, work with. Um, so when you actually get into the session, during the session, um, be joyous. And I say that, don't be like happy, but be generally pleased that someone's hired you for a voiceover gig. Like it never gets old for me, the fact that someone from across the world has like, you know, hired me to be the the voice of their product and they're, they're, they're willing to pay me to just to, to, you know, use my voice to promote their services. So, so try to sound joyous and try not to sound nervous. And I know that's like saying, don't sound nervous is going to make you sound more nervous. But, but try and lighten up and think like, it's not. It's not the end of the world. We're both human, and I'm. I'm going to try and do the best job. I'm going to try and have fun in this session. Let's focus on trying to have fun and do a really good job. And remember that you are the expert here. Like they've hired you out of all those talents, out of the hundred or so that auditioned for it, you got the gig because you did a great job. Just do it again. Just do what you did in the audition. Do it with the same headspace. Um, be aware, like I said, be aware of the the imposter syndrome. Like, but realize that like you're not an imposter. You are the one that they've hired for the gig, and they're they're hiring you for this. Keep a record of who is in the room. Um, 
like have a big sheet of paper and and usually what happens and I I used to do gigs and um I didn't have a piece of paper and I'd try and remember the names and, and you get them wrong and all this stuff but just write down who the creative director is who's the client what's their name etc and you can refer to them by their name which is not only really useful in audio environment to be able to say oh Brian what did you think of that take or whatever you know it actually picks out the person in the room who's making the decisions um but it also you know builds familiarity um only one person should direct, which I think we covered a bit earlier in the podcast. But um, you know, it's really useful if they can talk in. Uh, um, they can elect a leader in the room, and then um, that person gives you the direction. As we've said, don't discuss uh, money or criticize the creative. You can suggest stuff though. Here's a really big one, and we haven't gone into this at all. Keep the session to a maximum of sixty minutes at a time, because using your voice for sixty minutes. I've found for me is about the limit. Like it doesn't get better from that point and damage starts to occur from that point. Um, and it's it's reasonable to request a break after 60 minutes, especially if it's kind of a full on script, at least 15 minutes if you can. And usually clients are happy to like, we're just gonna take 15 min- minutes and they're, they're probably wanting a break too. Um, so it's good to, at, at, at the outset, just say, you know, um, I've got 60 minutes booked for this. Do you think it'll take any longer or that kind of thing? Just just set some parameters around it in terms of time because um, you shouldn't be expected, I think, to use your voice for more than 60 minutes at a stretch. No, <clears throat> no, not at all. And someone might be drinking a lot of water or coffee. And so you <laughs> exactly. might have other reasons yeah, to take a break. Exactly. Um, yeah. I guess you could, you could say um, in advance of the session, you could say, we'd like to schedule a bio break at mm, this time, exactly. right? Bio like break's you could nice. almost plan for it. Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And often you'll be done before that, but just in case it does, like it's, it's awkward to bring it up if, it's, if, if they're really trying to get something done later in the session. So it's good to put those parameters around it. Um, remember to record on your end always. Like none of these technologies, I would re- I would completely trust. Like sometimes Source Connect um, standard, like you can get away with not recording, but I would still just record on your end just in case something goes horribly wrong. Because there's nothing worse than walking away from a session having done an amazing job, and um, then uh, you know they, they they say oh we haven't got the audio, and you're like well I haven't got the audio because I didn't record it, and suddenly you've got to do the whole session again. There's nothing worse than that. So so always record on your end. And my big list of things to have um, when going into a session, headphones, of course, absolutely critical. Quiet ones, that means closed back headphones um, or in-ears because you'll get bleed on your recordings sometimes if someone's talking or there's noise going into your headphones that will go back into the microphone. So closed back is good. Water is absolutely critical, of course. Um, and a clean sheet of paper for notes and take slates. Um, so. I always keep a record of what takes that we're doing in the session because sometimes it gets up to like 50 or 60 and sometimes you'll be going through and, and you know be on the 38th take and they're like so back in the 24th take you did this and you're like oh my god but if you've written down if you just write like take three um, a bit brighter for example and it gives you this really good idea it kind of cements in your memory where you've been and where you're going with with the performance and then you can also when they when they start selecting takes and saying that take was really good you can star it for your editing purposes later if you're if you're providing edited stuff later so um and if you're doing takes um complete takes are usually called like uh, one two three so you're like you know I'm recording for 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 this project. Uh, this is take one. This is take two. And if you do pickups, or if you do like, if they're like, can you give us three in a row? You do take like three A B C. Then it's really clear which which parts of the audio are useful and which parts aren't when they when they're giving their feedback at the end of the take. So yeah, that's my list of of do's and don'ts. Hopefully, I haven't missed anything. 
No, I, I don't think you did. That's quite <laughs> extensive. And I, I don't know if, like, I can remember parts of what you said for sure. Um, but there's just so many good bits. I hope we don't lose them. Uh, is there a way that we can get that list from you for our listeners and they can enjoy that? That and also, I think it was your session notes? Absolutely. Yep. So I've um, I've got a PDF um, of, of each of those things to bear in mind, like a checklist, if you like, uh, to go through before um, establishing your session. Um, and I've also got a, uh, what I call my, uh, session notes, which basically just has the date and the time zone, the client, the director, the creative, all in fields for everything that you could come across during a session so that, you know, you don't remember to forget to ask what audio spec they want, for example. And it also has like a whole list of takes with a comment box. Um, so you never lose track of the takes when you're in the session. So I'll uh, make those available free for download um, through you guys. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. Oh, my goodness. On behalf of the whole community, thank you, Toby. That's amazing. No problem. And anyone out there that also wants more free advice and tips and tricks, I have a YouTube channel, which is at youtube.com slash Toby Ricketts. That's T-O-B-Y-R-I-C-K-E-T-T-S. And uh, I'm starting a video blog there about my sort of like, you know, a day in the life of a voiceover. So that'll be full of tips and tricks and stuff about sessions, but also gear and all kinds of other different stuff. So uh, go along and subscribe to that today. Yeah, well, I think that anyone who listens to this show will feel a lot better about their next directed session, regardless of if they've been doing them for years mm. or if they're brand new to them. So, cool. so thank you, Toby. That's a whole lot of awesome in one episode. No problem. So if there was like one big takeaway mm -hmm. for the talent mm -hmm. who are you know new to a whole directed session, what would that be? My big takeaway would be have fun in the session because as soon as you get out of the session, you're going to want to go straight back into another one because they're so fun. Oh, yes. Yes. You, you got to love what you do, right? You do. Exactly. And I know that you you absolutely do. Not only are you a performer, but you also coach and you train um, people to do exactly what you're doing. So um, what is the best way for people to get a hold of you? Best way to get a hold of me is uh, through uh, my website, probably tobyricketsvoiceover.com and uh, my email is toby at tobyricketts.com. Fantastic. That, and I know, Toby, you have a Facebook group, which um, I think it's a bunch of people with home studios, possibly pillow forts. Yeah, is, is, yeah, exactly. Is that the, some, yeah, yeah can you talk the, a little bit about your group? Absolutely. Well, yeah, I I, um, I often, or I, I used to travel sometimes. And um, when I was on the road, obviously having to set up little uh, pillow forts in hotel rooms and wherever I was staying in Airbnbs. And uh, from my time on the road and going to conferences, I met other voice artists who had just like, great techniques like i remember meeting joe cipriano the legendary and he had this he had the most best idea for pillow forts which is using the ironing board that's always in motel rooms as like your frame and then hanging the duvet over that and i thought that was just genius and i thought there's got to be other tips out there which uh which like people are missing and like so i set up this facebook group called the pillow fort studio gallery and it's a place where voiceovers can post their kind of temporary studio setups like including like the the, the duvets and pillows and anything else they're using to get and some of them are just like so inventive and so creative so um, there hasn't been a lot of posting recently which I'm surprised about because of the whole COVID thing so I encourage people to get on there join and post pictures of their temporary Pillow Fort Studios. So it's called the Pillow Fort Studio Gallery. That's right. You can find it on Facebook. Yep exactly. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Toby Ricketts. Cool. You've been amazing. And thank you, Randy Rector. You are amazing, too. And we just had such a blast. You've been listening to Mission Audition from Voices.com. Be sure to check out our blog if you're looking for scripts to practice with. And of course, if you love this episode, we would absolutely be so thrilled if you would go and rate the podcast wherever you find it and uh, subscribe if you haven't done so already. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Stephanie Cicerelli for Voices.com. We send you love. We hope that you feel well, and we will get through this together. Until next time.